What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Brett, and sitting next to me is one of the co-hosts. Trenton, how's it going, guys? It is good to be back in here again, getting ready to continue on in our study this week. It is Election Day. This airs on Election Day. Trenton, got any thoughts about that? You need to pray, (laughs) and then you need to get out and vote. (laughs) That's what we do as Christians, as believers. You need to pray that God will give you wisdom in your decision today well i mean i guess if you're listening later in the week it's too late for that but i hope you got out and voted if that was the case but uh make sure you're out there voting because you have a say you have a voice and the way we get god's kingdom pushed forward is by praying first and then voting on the way we feel god has told us to vote so that's right god has a plan for everything and you know the i think the remarkable thing about this is you know regardless of everything is god is still in control and you know god's the same yesterday today and forever he's he's always going to be the same he's never going to change so that we i think what uh our pastor was saying this morning is that we need to put our hope in things that are eternal first you know put your hope in god put your hope in salvation that he is you know that he died for us and he gave his life for us and you know we we have the rights and everything as americans to go out there and to cast your vote the way that you see fit so i guess i just want to say make sure that you exercise that right today on november 3rd whenever you're listening to this so that's your right so make sure you you exercise it it's yours and like trenton said make sure you pray and you go out there and you cast your vote the way that god tells you and one thing i god had me and it was unique because last week remember eddie was in the house we put the video up on the page and as he was finishing up and i said this if you've caught this past week's message and you probably already heard it but uh when he was wrapping up, I'm like, God, I guess we need to get back to our Jacob study starting next week. And God plainly, I mean, still small voice probably. I ain't certain I heard an audible voice, but I might as well have. It was clear as day. God said to me, you're not going to be talking about Jacob this week. You're going to Matthew. I want you to talk about the narrow road. So this past week, we talked about the verses surrounding the narrow gate, the narrow road, which was pertaining to false prophets, false disciples, and the two gates, the, the foundations, building your foundation on solid rock. And I think all of that pertains to what we just talked about. I mean, as Christians, as believers, we need to be able to voice God's opinion on things. And the only way you can do that is if you yourself are in your words. So I want to encourage you, you know, just stay on that narrow path. Sometimes it's going to be tempting to try to jump on the wide path. Or like Pilgrim's Progress, you're going to have people coming along trying to get you to sway from the path. But make sure you stay on God's path. And I will leave it at that. And you know, whatever whatever happens, at the end of the whole election, one thing is for sure, is that God's still on the throne. And nothing is going to ever change that. He is always going to be on the throne. So with that said, Trenton, we're going to go ahead and... Well, no, we need to do a little... uh, 
making sure people know where they can check us out and uh, where oh, yeah, they can email us at and things like that. Before. I was getting ready to jump in, man. So let's. Uh... <laughs> We're ready to dig in, can you tell? So uh, if you want to hit us up with a voice message, go ahead and hit us up on the voice message link, which is at the bottom of the details of each episode. If you've got questions pertaining to scripture, maybe pertaining to something we've discussed, you just want to give us a shout out. Whatever the case may be, make sure you send us a voice message. We'd love to play that on the air. If you're a little bit shyer than that and you don't really want your voice out there like that, you may also hit us up on the email, which is wait.letstalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you that way and still have a good discussion, and hopefully it will benefit you as well as us. So, And you can also check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. You just go over there and make sure you hit that like button, and when you do that, You'll be guaranteed, uh, this is just one way, that you will get all of the shows. You'll also uh, be notified if for some reason there's not going to be a show or if there's going to be a throwback or something like that. That's where you will get all the latest information for things that are upcoming. And uh, We're still still tossing around the idea about doing some news things. I might be posting some of those on Facebook as well. So uh, that is where that you will find all of that information. So make sure and hit that like button over there because it's awesome, Trenton, to see... You know, our numbers, just every once in a while, I'll check them out, you know, and they seem to be going up. We have uh, new listeners and new people checking that out. So, appreciate that. We just pray that y'all will continue to uh, continue to do that. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. That's one way you can help us get the word out. And it's a way that you can be a witness in an easy way. You can just send the message. We're talking Jesus here. We're going through the book of John. We've said that before, which is where they recommend you start. If you are a new Christian. So if you've got people that either don't know him or need to know him, send them our way. We love to talk to them and answer questions. So that way if they have questions, they have the opportunity to send us those same questions. Because, I mean, I mean, we're getting comments. And I think you got a text here, what, a couple of weeks ago with people encouraging, mm-hmm. uh, encouraging words, letting us know that they're being touched one way or another. So, and I don't have the text or anything from you, but I know that it was encouraging words. So, thank you for those comments. Thank you for those texts. So. It's always good to know people's listening. It's always a blessing. So, all right, with that said, without any further ado, I guess we are going to jump into John chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 25, and the heading on this one is can this be the Christ? So, here we go. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? Verse 27, But we know where this man comes from, and when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. Let's go ahead and let's stop right there for a minute. I think it's a good place to stop. And then, Let's go ahead and go back up because I need to read it. I need to read the verse again. But it says, "Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is this not the man whom they seek to kill?'" So Jesus had been doing some stuff that had got some people upset already. You know, mm-hmm. we we talked about that in the past in the past episodes. But the people are taking notice of this. So it's almost like it's been put out there, like, "Hey, if you see this guy, let us know that you see him," because the people knew that. The leaders were seeking to kill this guy. They wanted they wanted to get rid of him. So the people already knew that. So there'd been some murmuring out there about it, and they probably put the word out that if you see this guy, let us know. So they go on to say, and here he is, speaking openly, and they're not saying nothing to him. So that tells me one thing. As we go through this, you'll see what I'm about to say too, but Christ spoke boldly, and it appears that the way Jesus carried himself 
a lot of people they didn't like the religious leaders the ones that were seeking to kill him they didn't want to confront him because he spoke so boldly and the way that he acted and carried himself it, it was almost like they were scared to go near him what do you think Trent? you know this past week when i talked about the uh narrow path message we hit on the authority jesus spoke with and what i found interesting was is that the text as i was studying for that was talking about and i think it goes with right along with what's going on here that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of this day, had watered down the scriptures so much by adding their extra laws, adding their extra thoughts, that it just became kind of irrelevant to them. They weren't teaching scripture anymore. They were teaching what they traditionally had passed down from rabbi to rabbi. So at that point, the reason they weren't speaking with authority is because they had already, what the word that used in the commentary was, muted the actual text so much that all people heard him talk about was those traditional huh. things they added in. So when Jesus comes speaking yeah. scripture with a capital S, scripture, God's word, this this amazes people. So well, they were they I guess what I get from that is Jesus came speaking authoritatively. He knew the word. You know, he 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 knew he knew it. You know, because he knew what the father told him to say, and we—we we, I think as of last week or week ago, he says the things that the father tells him to say. But see, these religious leaders, it's like Trenton said, it was watered down, but they weren't speaking with any authority because everything that they were speaking on was probably tradition, man-made. Add add this here, take this away from here, and now you have what the religious leaders had of that day. And we're going to get a little bit of that if you read verse uh, twenty-seven. Let's go ahead and read that again says, but we know where this man comes from, speaking of Jesus. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. See, they had a, a misconception of the people at that time about how the Messiah was going to show up. See, they didn't think the Messiah was going to be born and live among them or whatever. They had this idea that one day this man is just going to pop up in the temple and everybody's going to know that he's the Messiah. Mm. And that's some. Of, that's how they were taught. I think it's Malachi 3.1. It's either three one or one three. I can't can't remember right off the top of my head, but you can go and look go and look that up for yourself. But basically, it, it was showing us that the people at the time they had this misconception, and it's, it goes right back to what we said is that's how they were taught that would you know this Messiah is just going to show up and boom here he is, and that's not at all how it happened. If we back up a little bit, I know this is kind of getting back into last week, but I think it kind of helps this make a little bit more sense, especially when they're talking about this is the guy that they're trying to kill, and now he's speaking openly. Because remember, when you look back up, they the crowd in verse 20 of chapter 7 had answered him because he was talking about them wanting to kill him. They're like, you've got a demon, or you're crazy. Mm-hmm. We talked about I think that was last week we talked about that. And he says... Who is seeking to kill you? So at that point, it's like the crowd's like, who's seeking to kill you now? All of a sudden, this is, they know. So whether this took place a little bit later in that week and things are happening, I don't know. All of it took place back to back. I'm not really sure on the time frame there. But we are still at the Feast of Tabernacles. We're still there and Jesus has showed up on the scene. So, but I think it's interesting to point out kind of like what you were saying, that they believed that the Messiah was just going to pop up on the screen. And here they're thinking, this is Joseph's kid. This is mm-hmm. We know this kid. He's Joseph and Mary. Joseph <laughs> of Nazareth and or Joseph of Arimathea. So they're they're thinking this is Joseph and Mary's kid. How could he possibly be the Messiah? We don't we know where he comes from. We're not going to know the Messiah is, and where he comes from. I was sitting here thinking, you know, about Jesus being a carpenter. They might be looking at Jesus going, that 
that's Jesus. He made me a complete kitchen set. <laughs> you know, I know who <laughs> he that fixed is. my roof. <laughs> I know who that guy is. And you know, it, it's strange, but it's quite possible that he did. It's quite possible that he did make tables and things for people. You know, and they they know him as this, and they're looking at him saying, "Wait a minute, this can't be the Messiah because when he comes, he's gonna he's just gonna show up and he's gonna start teaching us all this stuff and he's gonna." Uh, he's going to overthrow the Romans, and he's going to start talking like he's a in military and stuff like that. But that's not at all how it happened. He grew up just like a normal kid grew up, right in front of him. You talking about the kitchen set, man? That, that reminds me of the Passion, that movie when uh, when he was thinking back, and he had that mm-hmm. table that was set up, you know, because they used to lay in the floor to eat. And Mary looking at it like, "What is this?" He said, "It's a table." She's like, "Oh, that'll never catch on." And Jesus <laughs> is like, "They'll sit like this." <laughs> so that made me think about that. So he, you know, there's no telling what jesus did because he did know he's god so he knew things you know he did that other people did not although he was 100 man he was still 100 god so in verse 28 though it says so jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple you know me and you know where i come from but i have not come from my of my own accord he who sent me is true and him you do not know i know him for i come from him and he sent me and he is referring to his father there. He's not talking about Joseph. He's not talking about being from, you know, Nazareth or, you know, the other hometown Joseph was known at. He's talking about his father. He came from his father and he boldly tells them, you know me because you think I come from here, but you really don't know where I come from at all. He's like, I don't come on my own accord. I come from my dad I, <laughs> or my father's accord. So, and he said, he said bluntly there in the second half of verse 28, and he who sent me is true, and him you mm. do not know. They're too caught up in what they're being taught, religiously, religiously yeah. from the Pharisees and the teachings that we talked about. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him, and they said, When the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? So right now there's an acknowledgment. They know he's doing signs. They know he's doing miracles. So there's the half that are saying, okay, so you're saying we you know, we won't know where he come from, but who's done miracles like this guy's done? Mm. So when the Messiah comes, is he going to do more than what this guy's already done? So, you know, we go back up to verse 28. And as, as you was reading that, he who sent me is true and him you do not know. That had to, that had to hurt, like. You know, they've the religious leaders, we got to think, you know, it's not necessarily compared to like a pastor of our day. It's like almost like they grew up with a purpose of studying the scriptures and becoming a religious leader. And that was their way of life to continue in that and to grow in that. And here Jesus is straight up telling them, you don't know the father. Mm. He sent me. You don't recognize who I am and you clearly don't know him. You know, that had to be a shot that had to hurt. And there's probably a few of them that are clueless as to what he's talking about. Uh, what is he talking about? Who you sent me is true. In him you do not know. Was he come from another place? What's he talking mm-hmm. about? So there was probably a few. But, you know, like you just said, the Pharisees, the people that have been studying the Septuagint or the Word, the Hebrew text, whatever, they would have understood some of these references had they known God like they were supposed to. To know God. And then you find it interesting they were seeking to arrest him. Right here it's talking about the people seeking to arrest him. In a moment, you're going to notice the religious leaders, I believe if I remember this correctly as I was reading it tonight, they're going to try to seek 
to arrest him. So right now the people, so this one doesn't mean as much. People are trying to get him arrested. So they're, they're, they're issuing a complaint, but they're seeking him. Yet many believed in him. And they said, and that's the ones we were just talking about. They're the ones that said they believed in him. So they're asking, <laughs> look at the things he's done. You think the Messiah is going to do anything different than what he's already done for us? So. No, looking back on verse 30 again, I was, uh, where it says, uh, because his hour had not yet come. I was teaching in Revelation this past Wednesday, and we were talking about the, the two witnesses in Revelation 11. And basically, it was, you know, it was saying that uh, nobody could touch him. If anybody tried to touch him, they were destroyed by fire. But then when their time had been fulfilled, when they had fulfilled everything they were supposed to fulfill, then the Antichrist was able to overcome them and kill them. And I started thinking about that verse, and I started thinking about our lives. We're going to go off a little bit. We're going to bring it back, okay? <laughs> Start thinking about our lives. And in our lives, we all have purpose. You know, we've talked about that a lot in some of the, the early, early episodes. We talked about um, that we all have a purpose, and there's reasons in everything for us. But... Nothing is going to happen to us until our work as Christians, until my work as Brett is done. Nothing is going to happen. Mm. Nothing is going to be allowed to happen to me until my work is done. And as I read that, you know, Jesus' hour had not yet come, so no one could lay a hand on him. Mm -hmm. So I guess now I'm going to bring all this back together, and God is in control. That's what we started this show off with, is God mm -hmm. is on the throne, and God is in control, and nothing happens to his children without God. God knows about it way, way, way in advance. Anyway, he knows everything, but nothing is going to be allowed to happen to us until God's appointed time for us to, to exit this world. So I, I was just reading that, and that just, everything goes back to the Father, you know, and that's the way, that's the way it's designed, is everything goes back to the Father, and it was, it was just really neat to see that, you know, even Jesus, or these, these words here about him, was no one laid a hand on him because it wasn't his time, because the Father hadn't allowed that time to happen yet, and it was an appointed time when it was going to happen, when Christ would be killed. And I've had people look at me strange when I told them something like that, because that's the way I would view it when people would try to uh, scare me. <laughs> Instance, COVID, <laughs> or anything like that. When people were trying to scare you and they think, oh, you shouldn't do that, because, you know, what if you get this, or what if this happens, or, you know, what if you die? And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to set foot out of this planet a moment sooner mm -hmm. than God wants me to. So it doesn't matter if there's a virus on the loose, it doesn't matter, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too far, but like if something tragic were to happen, if it's not my time, because that way I can do it without giving specifics, if it's not my time, I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be here, and God is going to use me, he's going to use bread, he's going to use those of you listening until he's finished with you, and here, like he just said, I'm glad you pointed that out, because his hour hadn't come yet, and he knew that, so they were trying to rest him. But he was able to slip away because his hour had not come yet. So, uh, But then you read on there in verse 32, and officers are sent. Check this out. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Now check this out. When I was reading this earlier, I looked at there in verse 31. that Many were seeking to arrest him in 30, but then in 31 it says... Then people that believe, they're asking, when Christ appears, is he going to do more signs than this? And the way I took that, as you read in there in verse 32, is the Pharisees were hearing the murmuring of, mm, the oh, 
We believe. Yep. And uh, uh, wait a minute. We can't have people <laughs> believing in this guy as being the Messiah and all these miraculous signs. We've got to get him arrested. So that's the muttering that came to my mind when you read there in verse 32 that the wow. Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. <laughs> they were like, we got to put a stop to this. We got to put, yep. we got to silence this. People are starting to mutter things that we don't want to hear. So, and we don't want other people hearing because we want them to follow us, right? Our religious teachings, we want them to follow who we are. We don't want them following this well, false you, Messiah in their eyes. When you lose control over the populace, everything goes, turns into chaos, right? Mm. And that's what, they've had control over these poor people, you know, that come in and they control them with their teaching. They control them with they're giving and all of the different stuff. When you lose control of that, then you seek to do something to bring that control back. So that's what they did was they sent out guards to they sent out guards to arrest them because mm. I didn't catch that. You know what? Some re- and I think everybody needs to take notice of this because some of our Bibles they all have these headings on them and they split up the scriptures. Just like from 31 to 32, there's a different heading right here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I probably probably why I missed it was because, oh, look, it's a new heading. We're going to start something new. And then I automatically forgot what 31 had said. So just to put that out there, whenever you're reading the scriptures, you know, sometimes go back and read the verse before it just to give it the context that it needs because you might, you might be looking over something important. And honestly, it stuck out to me when I read that because the commentary I was reading out of, it just writes it all together. It doesn't put headings in it. It writes the whole passage together and what was going on. So that way I was able to make a connection there between the mutterings and what they're ticked off about. Verse 33 said, Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the to the dispersion among the Greeks and the teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You will seek me, and you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. And when you break that down, there's the people, they're asking the question, maybe the right question, but they've got the wrong idea behind the question. So where is he talking about going? So they're thinking automatically, what's he going to do? The worst thing they could think of, is he going to be with the Greeks? You know, is he going to be with the people that aren't Jews like us? He's telegraphing everything. He says, I will be with you a little longer. In other words, something's coming here in just a little while where I'm not going to be with you no more. But the first thing I take notice of is something that I've I've said all the way through this whole study so far is that they go automatically to a physical, earthly mindset, a, f- a fleshly mindset. You know, they have their these religious leaders have no idea about anything spiritual. I guess it's easier for us to sit here and to talk about it because we clearly see the spiritual side of this. But I, you, you've got to point out, too, that they're they're completely missing everything that he's saying, and especially whenever he goes, and where I am, you can't come because mm. they don't know him. They're sitting there. They're ready to arrest him. They have no idea who this guy's a, guy is. They're questioning everything that he says. And Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't come because they don't their spiritual eyes still have not been opened. They're still sitting there looking at this from an earthly perspective. Go ahead and read verse 35. Again, it says, The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we can't find him? As, you know, like, look, we're the religious leaders. We know everything that happens in this Mm. city. They're going to find him if they want to find him. So, reading on it says, Does he intend to go to dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? That makes me think about 
Paul going, you know, going and teaching and they how Greeks would basically just sit there and have discussions and ponder different gods and different things like that. Is he going to go over there and try to convince them? They still they have no idea who's standing before him. <laughs> what I found was kind of funny there as I was reading that is when I was reading that, he's talking about where they can't go. And the only place they can think of as a religious leader is, well, among the Greeks because they're not Jews. Why would we go out among them people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they were looking down on those people. You know, those people aren't God's chosen people. And that's the only place they could think of to say he may be going that we're not going to be able to find him. So, and may not just be the religious leaders. This says Jews in this translation. It could have been the people saying the same thing, but the religious leaders, the Pharisees were mentioned up above. So it kind of makes you wonder, where's he going to go? We're going to find him no matter where he goes. And then, like you said, where am I going to be, or where I go, you cannot go. And that's what I said when we started, like immediately they go to the the unclean people, the the mm-hmm. other people that are on the planet, and that's that's a religious spirit. That's a spirit that we even see in today's society. We see these types of things happening, and it's that whole holier than thou, better than you spirit, which Jesus came. What did we say? We've said it over several episodes. He came to hang out with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the unclean people. He didn't run away from a leper and say keep your distance. He walked right up to him and said be healed, and they were healed. And so these people are being healed. This is another reason that these people are so amazed at what's going on. Now, when Jesus talks there in verse 33, one thing you know we can point out also is remember last time if you tuned last week we talked about that this is in the fall we're in the feast of tabernacles and it is going to be in the following spring so it's fall now this time of year just happens to be about the time of year they thought this was september or october the following spring which in our case would be like april may somewhere in there jesus is going to be crucified and jesus refers to that time which he knows is drawing near. He knows the time is coming, but just like we talked about a minute ago when we were talking above, the time had not yet come, and he knew that. So, but I, he's looking to the future right there. He's saying, "I'll be with you a little longer, then I'm going to him who sent me. You'll seek me, you won't find me. Where I am, you can't come." You know, and after he died, you can imagine <laughs> they can't find him. He's dead, but then he raises again. And they send out this whole search party trying to figure this whole thing out. I'm sure it was a bigger mess than we get in scriptures. So I would love to see what happened for, you know, because we know that they posted guards, right? And I'm trying to think. Oh, I think it's the movie Risen. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking where, about that. That you know they post guards at this thing and they strap this stone up and no, they put seals on it. No one's getting in it. And three days later, they come and they find this thing, and the ropes are busted, and the rock, you know, it's like every, it's like it exploded, you know, and I, that really makes me think, like, you know what? I think when it happened, I think it was probably something awesome like that, you know, because you got to think about the power of the resurrection, God raising Jesus back to life, and well, the power that that took, and how awesome of an event that would have been. But just to think about it, you know. Jesus dies and he's risen and they're out there trying to find him and making sure that you know no one gets into the tomb and now the disciples say oh that he's he's raised from the dead and now they're trying to stop this whole mm-hmm. thing and it just continues and the story the message it just continues all the way down to our day and it was like nothing they did could stop it and there's even that place in the bible is a Gamaliel uh he's talking to maybe Paul or one of the I can't remember the exact who who it was but he says look if this thing's of god then there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop it mm-hmm. if it's not of god then 
it, it's going to fall apart. Mm. And man, that right there gave so much validation to the scriptures, in my opinion, because this thing has never stopped and it never will. It will continue until the day Christ returns. And that's what I liked about the Risen movie. They focus more on that part. So you get the death. They pull him off the cross. I think that's really where it starts. They're pulling him off the cross and suddenly he raises and there is a big deal like Pilate is sending soldiers they're trying to find this Jesus they don't want an uproar they don't want people if you haven't seen the movie Risen I encourage you to check it out I know it's on digital platforms so I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything now but you can go check that out on your own time but that's that's a powerful movie because you think about what was actually going through the heads we know in Matthew it talks about the Pharisees saying well here's what we want you to tell people mm-hmm. and they paid off some soldiers who had actually seen this whole thing they're telling them no 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 that is not what happened you say his disciples stole his body and in Matthew it does say to this day the same story has been told amongst the Jews it's been spread that's why many do not receive him they reject him because they've been told that his body was stolen so and even to this day amongst i mean we all know this but most you know the jews they do not accept jesus they they hear the name and they spit you know it's like one of those things where they just don't accept him but you know what that's like one of the the greatest cover-ups of all time you know Mm. somebody rose from the dead Nope, nope, nope. That's not what happened here. Go tell a <laughs> go mm. tell a different story. But it didn't work. I mean, and that right there. And I know, like people say, you can't use that as validation. But the fact that those disciples, most of them, went to their death, and we don't know exactly how they all died, but we know they're you know they're dead. Mm. They went to their death teaching this message about Christ and preaching this gospel to the point where me and Trenton are sitting here. In 2020, talking about it over over the internet, talking about the same message that these guys were preaching, and it's continuing on 2,000 years later. If nothing else, I mean, that right there, man, speaks volumes that this mm. story is real. This It's not just a, a made-up story this thing is real mm. imagine the disciples having a channel if they existed today man they could blow out some stuff they could be telling you all kind of stuff imagine getting to hear paul teach and you know some of the other disciples there would be Peter. a lot of upset christians probably <laughs> they'd probably be getting some thumbs downs you know they would the critics would be thumbs down how dare he say that about me and my church or something but like know? he just said they would you die for something you didn't really believe in so uh, i guess we're at a stopping point man I, that 30 minutes went by quick again usually it does. i was really surprised when I looked and seen it said 30 minutes, but that's all right. It just means we got another 30 next time. <laughs> so I guess I'll go ahead and close out and let Brett dismiss us. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out. If you do have questions about the Bible or any of the study we've been talking about, maybe we need to clarify something, make sure you hit us up on the voice message button, which you can click at the bottom of the details in each episode, or the email, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate those of you out there who tune in each and every week. We see the numbers. So thank you so much for that. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends so that they can share it with their friends. And just keep sharing this thing until we can tell the whole world about Jesus. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. God bless, and I will see you next time. That's right. Every time you listen to this show and you hit the share button, you are a part of that great commission. You are a part of continuing on and listening and following you know following under Christ's teaching you're you are a part of that and continuing this message for another thousand years or two thousand years or 
I really believe Christ will come back before then. But the point is, is that you are a part of the Great Commission and you get to take you get to take part in that. And that is an awesome thing. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. And we will close with a short word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to hear your word, to read your word and to share it. Father, and we just ask God that you would bless each and every listener with whatever it is, God, that they need, which, uh, whichever blessing, Father God, that you have for them, Lord, I pray, God, that they would receive them, and Lord, that you would watch over each and every one of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.